Welcome to the Self-Value Podcast, where self-discovery is your superpower. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Sue Bryce and our lineup of amazing guests. Together, we'll explore the distinct connections between self-value, relationships, career growth, and financial abundance. Through real personal stories and expert wisdom, we'll arm you with sustainable tools and strategies to become the best version of yourself and create the life of your dreams. Hi, everyone. It's Nikki Klosser here. And this week, Sue Bryce will be talking with us about so many important topics that affect our ability to make money and how to overcome the things that get in our way. If you're in a position where you feel like you just cannot reach the success you want, this episode is so important to listen to. Sue has this really incredible way of teaching us how to break the cycle of not having enough and how to finally start attracting success. She shares practical strategies to get where you want to be and to get out of the mode of stress and avoidance so you can live your life with gratitude and joy. Okay, let's get started with the amazing Sue Bryce. So week one, I gave you lots of homework. This homework was for you, even though I had probably 43 people text me and say or message me and say, where do I submit my homework? Just remember that this is all for you. And you don't need to measure yourself up by any standard anymore. This work is unfolding you. The list you wrote last week will change again today after we talk, and it might change every single week this year. It does not matter. It wasn't about whether you were being a good girl or a, ba- or a good boy. It was whether or not you could really unfold yourself so that you know exactly what you want and how you want it. That is the most important part. So welcome. Let's get stuck into it. I am very excited for today. Very, very excited for today. So I just want to check in on your daily ritual for the last week. If you have money pain, if you have guilt, shame, debt, Okay, I need you to look at it every single day. Bring out the horrible thing. Tell me who's done that. You can just put a yes, I'm doing it. Um, And remember, it doesn't have to be debt. If you have any guilt and shame around money, any avoidance around money, you need to look at it every single day. Who has been doing that? And who is still avoiding looking at it? The whole point, yes, there's a lot of yeses, good, good, good. Who's avoiding it? Because if you don't look at it, you can't take the shame away. If you can't take the shame away, you can't move forward. Let's go. Bring out the horrible thing. Every day, kill the shame. Kill it. Kill the shame. Kill that debt. Smash it. Find a way to smash it. Pay it off. Get rid of it. Bring it to your awareness. Bring it to your acceptance. Find somebody you trust that can talk to money with you, about money with you in a positive way. Take that shame away. Take the guilt away from working on yourself. Take the guilt away for asking for things for yourself. If you feel yourself feeling any guilt or shame, this is literally literally the opposing magnet to money. So nail it. And you know what? We hide it because it's shameful. Once you bring it out, you realize everyone feels the same way. And it's like, what? Everybody has this dumb pre-programmed shame that they carry around and they don't need to. The biggest thing I've seen from all of your responses and reactions really has been money apathy. 
You don't look at it. You don't focus on it. You don't empower it. You don't give it direction. You don't give it a daily focus. You simply just, it's either something you avoid at all costs because it hurts, or it's something you just don't really look at or think about or, you know, focus on. So now I'm going to bring your focus to money and I'm going to bring your focus to the fact that you deserve everything you're asking for. So every single day, I need you to normalize this money, whatever your money energy is, whether you're stinky, whether you're in debt with bad pain, whether you're struggling in an addictive cycle because your avoidance has gotten out of control and you need more help, it doesn't matter. You must bring this to the light. You're to look at your money every day and look at what you're not doing with your money every day. So many people, when they first start this work, are like, but how? But how? And I'm like, but how? Have you ever tried to just focus on something that you really want in a positive way every single day for 30 days? Have you ever just tried to do that every day is just wake up and say, it's like I do the plank challenge every year. Every year for 30 days, I wake up and I plank. I love it. And I don't love planking. I don't plank on my normal life, but I love the discipline of doing something every day for 30 days and going from barely being able to hold a 30 second plank to doing a five minute plank and just going, you know, when I enjoy something, I can discipline myself to do anything. So making money is joyful. Creating your future is joyful. Falling in love with your day is joyful. Stop being afraid of it. There's so much power and joy here. And you once you get over that guilt and shame, you're just diving in like feet first every single day to what can I create today? I have unlimited potential. What can I create today? So if you're at that next level, you don't have any debt, but you're just not connected. You don't feel fulfilled. Maybe somebody else gets the money and you don't really have to worry. This is two two energies I see here. The first one is I have a lot. Who am I to ask for more? Uh, I have a lot compared to most. Who am I to ask for more? That's called that's called guilt and shame. If you want guilt and shame, you're going to push away extra money. Who are you to ask for more? You are someone who deserves whatever they want. You're not taking away from another human being by asking for more and stepping up to receive more. In fact, you're liberating more human beings by living your path, your true path and living your dreams. And they are watching you do that. And then they will step up and create, take the guilt away, take the shame away. You're more than enough to thrive. You're more than enough to have whatever you want. You are more than enough. So if you're at that next level and you're not focused, get up every day, focus on your money. And if there's no money to focus on, then reinvigorate the goals, make bigger goals, ask for more, look at them every day. Because after you look at your money, you then look at your goals and reconnect with those because you're asking for the money to be able to achieve achieve the goals, that's called direction and focus. Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps all over my body right now because when we talk about money activation, I activate and I can't stop activating. It's just, I'm just like, I'm so into it. I've just pressed my um, clicker like eight times and got ahead of myself. So 
looking at your money every day. Next level is looking at your goals every day. And if you're still unfolding what those goals are, that's your homework every single day. So here's a little game for you. Uh, can I just check in on the guilt and shame, please? That is a deep shame I carry. I screwed up by giving all my money away to guilt. <gasps> Why I don't deserve more and others have less and you don't deserve it. Oh my goodness, Cynthia. You know, I tell you this amazing story. When I was a photographer and employed and I was earning $400 a week, barely scraping by, but I had this very cool job in my 20s. After two years, I found out that the makeup artist who I'd been working there four or five years longer than her, but the makeup artist who I'd employed um, as my receptionist slash makeup artist was actually getting paid more than me. And I found out after two years. And when I confronted my boss and said, like, you're getting $7,000 from me from a photo shoot and you're paying me $20 an hour, uh, the makeup artist that I employed two years ago is earning more money than me. He looked at me and said, uh, she asked. <laughs> she asked. And I didn't. So what is the human trait that annoys you the most? I remember playing this game like 15 years ago. Somebody said this, and I was with two of my best friends at the time, a guy and a girl. And what is the human trait that annoys you the most? For me, the human trait was that it annoyed me the most was people pleaser. By the way, at the time, people pleaser wasn't a phrase that I used. So I said pathetic people because to me, People pleasers are pathetic people. That's how I'm just telling you what how I phrased this 15 years ago. What's the human trait that annoys you the most? Angry people. Oh, yeah, anger. Is like, the human trait that annoys you the most. Um, just so you know, my best friend at the time said lying. And then my other friend, Grant, said um uh, procrastination. And he's a huge procrastinator. So I thought that was a really interesting passive aggression. Oh yeah, passive aggression is the worst. All right, keep going. Hit me with your traits. That that The trait that most annoys you. You can just say it. It doesn't matter. Oh, judgmental people. Yes. I want to talk about judgmental because I got a big lesson downloaded for judgmental this week, Mitzi. So it's a good one. Lack of empathy. Ooh, liars. Exactly right. Needy people. Oh, indifference. Manipulation and ignorance. Oh, yes, that's a good one. All right. So write down that trait that annoys you the most because that is a trait that you do. And I said people pleaser, but I said pathetic person. My best friend said liar. Grant said procrastinator. Now wait. Then the we flip over the card and it says, well, this is the trait that you it most annoys you about yourself. And in my head, I was like, I'm not pathetic. And I was like, well, why did you say pathetic person? And I was like, because I don't like people that like... <laughs> I just want to be validated and I just want to, yeah, I was a people pleaser, totally. I was a people pleaser. And as soon as I saw that, I totally acknowledged that I do it. Now I look at Grant and Grant's sitting there going, okay, well, I guess I am a procrastinator. And I'm like, yeah, Grant, you are the worst procrastinator, you know, and he really was the big, and he could see it in himself. But when I looked at my best friend, when I looked at her, she was bright red in the face, angry red. She looked at me and she goes, I am not 
a liar. Now, I've known this girl since she was 14 years old. She was my first bridesmaid. She's my best friend, my twin soul, and my sister. And she is one of the most beautiful, authentic, honest people you'll ever meet in your life. And I was watching her face burn with anger. And I looked at her and I said, Ruby, you are a liar. You never tell people how you really feel. You can ask you what's wrong and you'll say nothing or I'm fine. I was like, you never speak up for yourself. You never tell people when you're upset. You just lie. You lie all the time and you hate it because you want to tell people the truth and you don't. So don't get tripped up by your word. Lots of people didn't write a word because they knew I was going to flip it on them. (laughs) And it's okay that you wrote that word. What does that word mean to you? And how are you doing that word to yourself? It's just a little lesson. It's a good one. And it just reminds you, it reminds you to constantly see yourself mirrored back in other people. Can we take a moment, silence, just to say a little prayer or a little mantra to release that people pleaser that lives in all of us? We need to do that for money coaching so we can ask for more. And we also need to do that so we can unfold what it is that we really want. Because if we can't say what we want, then how can we create it and ask for it? The little people pleaser in us has been pleasing other people for so long that you might actually not know what you want. And if you don't know what you want, it's because you've been pleasing others for so long and you haven't walked that path yet. So let's just take a little moment to acknowledge that people pleaser that lives in all of us, that liar that lives in all of us, that judgmental person that lives in all of us. If you feel judged or you feel like people are judging you, you are judging other people. We do it all the time. Uh, If you feel like you have no, uh, if you said empathy, you must have some empathy for yourself. If you said angry, then look at what is making you angry because anger comes from sadness. And we all know that's because we're not living the life we want. So it's okay to acknowledge these traits in us. It's okay to acknowledge them. So if you don't want to acknowledge people pleasing, acknowledge whatever your word was. To forgive all of those that trespassed against our little people pleaser selves when we could not communicate what we wanted. When we said yes to people, but inside we just screamed no with resentment. Caitlin bought me this in 2015 when I built my first online platform. She bought it for me because she said that I need to learn how to say this word to people and I couldn't say it. So this sat on my desk. No, me, no. It's on Amazon. You can buy them for like $7. You can also buy a yellow button that says dance party if you just want to stop and party for a minute just to remind yourself to have a good time and be joyful even when you're saying no, no, no to people. Because that is a boundary. A boundary is no. It's not an ultimatum and it's not a request. 
Okay, saying something to somebody and saying, I really would prefer it if you don't do this anymore, that's a request. No, no, no. A thousand times, no. That's a boundary. All right, we need to set some boundaries around our money today. We need to set some boundaries around people. We need to set some boundaries around judgment, around who we believe we are, right? Who we are putting out there. So to that little people pleaser in all of us that has kept their mouth shut, that has not made goals for themselves, that has not asked for more, to forgive all those who trespassed against that little people pleaser because that little people pleaser didn't know how to ask for what they wanted. This is for all the times we went along with it, even though our gut burns every time and you say nothing. People break your boundaries, intrude on your boundaries, and you say nothing, but you burn with resentment afterwards. That's for every time you responded, I'm fine, and lied, instead of speaking the truth and validating your feelings when you really wanted to rage at people. This is for every time that we tried to set a boundary and that person bulldozed into you and bulldozed that boundary down. And for every time you tried to set a boundary or communicate your feelings and they stonewalled you, dismissed you and belittled you for every narcissist that wanted to be with us in our lives because narcissists actually require people with zero needs. That's what this mantra and prayer is for to all the people that you have to break up with in your life because you can't set a boundary with them. Or when you finally set the boundary with them, they're like, who are you? Where do you get off? You just give, 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 and now you don't want to meet my needs anymore to all the people that controlled you because you let them, because you never set a boundary, because your electric boundary line is turned off and people are stomping all over it, because you just stayed quiet instead of asking for more, because you had enough. And who are you to just keep asking for more than enough? Let's say a little prayer for that little people, please. Uh. Let's release them. I'm a fierce, proud, independent woman. I have no education and that crippled me for years. So I learned. I learned and I learned and I mastered my craft and I mastered money and I mastered business. And then I built a life that I truly wanted. And now I stand up for myself. I speak up for myself, but it's still hard. But I am not going to spend my life just getting enough anymore. I deserve more. I want more. I'm prepared to work for more. I'm prepared to step up and do what it takes to be more, to see myself as more, to ask for more, to receive more. I want to flip this mirror very quickly. You have to understand, I was such a big people pleaser. It felt to me like people were taking from me. How many people pleasers do you know? I'm not talking about you for a second. How many people do you barrel over without even knowing it? How many people do you stonewall emotionally without knowing it because they can't speak up for themselves. People pleasers have a lot 
a lot to step up for. We've stayed quiet for so long. When we start telling people what we want, they start seeing us as trying to disrupt lives. And all we've ever done was try and make everybody else's lives more comfortable. And in doing so, you lied about what you wanted. You didn't speak up for yourself. And when I want something, when I'm at full power, I will barrel over people who are not speaking up. I will stonewall people without knowing it. How many times do you do it to other people? And you have to acknowledge, you can't always be this victim. You have to acknowledge when you acknowledge that somebody has taken advantage of you or you were in a situation that you let that happen, you do have to acknowledge that other people can feel that way around you too. So it's so good to think about everyone around you and think, who else is living here in this, in this lie of not authentically asking for what they want or deserve? This is so important. You can become trapped so easily in resentment of what others aren't doing for you when you're not asking for it. So tell me, if you found out someone really close to you wasn't actually happy the whole time in your relationship because they felt that they couldn't speak their worth to you, then how would that make you feel? You know, we so often say narcissist, 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 but the people pleaser who the narcissist is using is the one that's the one saying, what about me? I can't move here. But what if there's people all around us that aren't being true and honest with how they feel? You know, it feels overpowering and it feels like oppression. When somebody... When you're a people pleaser and you can't and your feelings aren't valid and you can't speak up for yourself and you can't be strong in your voice, it feels like oppression. It feels like a crime is being perpetrated against you. And if you think that sounds dramatic, try being a people pleaser. The root of all crime is a lack of respect. By its very nature, people pleasing is a lack of respect for yourself and your own boundaries. This week, I've heard lots of, I'm getting this and, and I want this, but um, my Thrive budget is five times more. Mostly, your Thrive budget is 100% more than what you're getting right now. Did you notice that? Everybody asks for twice as much. Is that a safe number? Just twice as much? Or is that a shocking number? twice what you currently allow for yourself and you see the energy shift here did you learn that lesson here did you feel that shift because the whole point of getting that first list down was taking charge of your money that survival budget was so that you could actually look at it too many people in this group put things that are not in their survival budget on that survival budget. Some people put things on there that they want. Some people think, no, this is the now budget. It's happening right now. It was to bring you to the now so that you could accept and awaken to what you are currently doing with money because you're about to ask for a whole lot more. And guess what? Whatever you're doing with money now, you're going to do it again. You're going to do that with more money. So until you 
get clear around what that shame is and what that is, then you are not going to move forward. The whole point of this first homework was for you to see what you're not asking for. And for the people that just get by, when I look at that and I go, oh, my survival is six grand, but my thrive is 12,000, I'm like, okay, your thrive could be literally now could be six or seven thousand dollars it can just be like right above that and you could be directing all of that money right now but we sit down and we realize that we're not asking for enough we're just not asking for enough and i'm going to teach you how to ask boy i'm going to teach you how to ask but you've got to tell me what your focus is every day. And if your focus is not to get up every day, feel in control of your money with excitement that you can create whatever you want, then we're going to get you to there first because that is how you power up to the next level and the next level and the next level. You get me? Rule number one, we do that budget, the survival budget, so that we can get control. Rule number two, Every single day, we look at it so that we can clear the emotion around it. That is our daily ritual. Then rule number three, what do you want? And we've got to get to clarity, certainty, and conviction around what we want. I am going to use this survive and this thrive budget over and over again. I'm going to bring it back. Like I said, it's going to change and it's going to change. It might even change every single day. And that's completely okay if it doesn't. Sarah, can you get me some water? Uh, it's okay if it does change every single day because this is not a finite list. It's simply money energy and your energy is going to shift. I watched people do a survival budget and then ask for a very small amount in a thrival budget. And then I watch people ask for like a private jet and a Ferrari. So we'll talk about that because there's a big gray area there which stops people from moving forward. But this energy is the most important energy and that is coming to awareness of what you have right now, how you feel about it, what you want, what you're about to create for yourself, how much you're asking for, how much you're not asking for in your everyday life. In the week one homework in the reframing old programming, I talked about how you might find some old programming that is still true for you today that somebody said to you years ago. Like my family said that I was undisciplined with money and I was bad with money. Thanks, Sarah. So did anybody get a hit on something from days of old that rings true for them now that you're going to smash over the next month or you smashed this week? Like, I can't believe my family money energy was this. Please tell me. I want to hear it. Don't worry. I'm not going to trap you like I did with the personal trait. So did anybody get a good awakening? I just want to talk about something. I call it money style. What's your money style? We have this, I think, idea that people may be, oh, yeah, there's my refresh. <laughs> All right. I just missed a whole lot of comments. Let me come back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to hear what you guys have to say today. It's true, a lot of courage to finally speak up. Well, lack of respect, lack of boundaries for myself, Wendy, ouch. But yes, we all have a lack of boundaries and respect for ourselves, and that is just the way it goes. Excellent. All right. So I'm going to keep going. 
So what did they say about you, you know, that you were bad with money, that you struggled with money? You know, I can't afford that. Money doesn't grow on trees. There's so many good ones, so many good ones. How many of you had a bit of an awakening around the money energy with your parents to see what their money energy was and if anybody was replicating their crave parent? Oh, Terry, you felt guilty that your work was fun and easy. Um, you're about to feel a whole lot more guilty then when that same fun and easy work suddenly starts bringing you four times the money <laughs> because then you're really getting paid to have fun. And who do you think you are, Terry, to have fun with all that money? Who do you think you are? How do you sleep at night? That's called money shame and people shame you all the time. And I love money shame because you can't shame me. I grew up in money shame. Uh, Terry has written a chapter about me in one of her next books called Smells Like Rich People. And I can't wait to read it because she hasn't told me what she's written in it. But we had this experience when we first met where she said that to me, where she felt like um, she walked in and said, mm, smells like rich people in here. And I just laughed. And the reason I laughed is you can't shame me for being um, wealthy. I've been poor. The shame of being poor is way more shameful than being wealthy is. I'm going to sing being wealthy from the rooftops and make as many people as I can wealthy. Do you know why? I've written a money book and it's called Rich Poor Kid because Nikki came to me um, only a year ago and she said, we've always talked about being dirty poor kids where we felt like People made us feel like dirty poor kids when we were kids. And it's a feeling that stays with you as you grow up in your self-worth. And Nikki said to me last year, when do you stop feeling like a poor kid? And I looked at her and I said, Nikki, I'm just a rich poor kid. I still do poor girl shit every single day. I'm a rich poor kid and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of what I've built and I'm proud of what I've created. So this whole point of this money book is that I need as many success stories as possible. So hurry up and get as rich as you can this month, please. This energy, it's not wishes. There's no like fantasy here. This is applied energy. It's just focus and emotion and stuff moves so fast when you focus and clear that emotion. So right, thank you for loading all those things. Let's say my family doesn't value anything everything is too expensive everything is about price okay so jen what do they value that's not sort of monetary like do they value time spent like what's the love language there if it's not if everything is monetary and price or tight-fistedness tight-fistedness stops people from enjoying life man that's on the wheel I did drop the Wheel of Misfortune into the chat um, and Jen will post the link as well if you want to look at it. I'm going to bring that up today. I've reworked it. Dad was never a saver. My mum was a spender. Oh gosh, isn't it funny how you see their money energy and you're just like, oh wow, that's where I got it from. Kind of like I said on the Power Talks, like where does your incredible body image come from? <laughs> just look at mum and dad. That's where it comes from, someone. Okay. Money is flowing freely to me. Yes, it is. There's the wheel of misfortune. Thank you so much. 
Okay, I am such a spender, and that's what I'm talking about right now, Valentina. They struggled with money and self-value. They told me all the money blocks and limits that they had. So what I didn't understand is that I didn't understand that my money style, like how I am with money, is what I prioritize. Now, this is really weird. I have a dining table with 10 seats, right? I have a big dining table. Even when I had a tiny house, I had the same dining table. You have to walk around it again with your bum against the wall like a New York hotel, right? And I have 10-seated dining table because feeding people, having dinner and that experience of eating with people is my highest priority and value. So that means no matter what, I'm going to have a 10-seated table. Now, I am so into it, I would pay for a chef to come and cook for my friends and family. And I do. I pay for people to come and cook for my friends and my family. Now, that's called a value. You might value uh, classic cars or you might collect stamps or you you like value something completely different. But for me, hi to my, come and sit at my table, aroha, and have a kai. That is exactly right. And a cup of tea and something to eat. Okay. And that is how we talk. I had a fridge magnet on my fridge that said, come my friend, sit with me. Let's share our thoughts over cups of tea. And everybody knows at 3 p.m. tea becomes wine. So, <laughs> and the conversations get a whole lot better. This is what I really value. So, for me, I'm always going to have a table. I'm always going to have that table filled with food. Now, if you don't value eating with people, you're going to see these people just came to my house and it cost me $300 to have this dinner party and that is horrendous and that is going against your values. So, now, I want you to look at that survival list, everything on your survival list you've prioritized. And if it's like the way you eat, the way you shop, the things you want are all on that list in some way because you have prioritized the things you really want and you yearn most for the things you really want that you are not prioritizing. That's why you're all asking for a little bit less than what's on your Thrive budget. Let me just check in on all these comments. My greatest pain comes from watching my mum decline in health. Yes, I know. Watching your family get older was what woke me up, okay? That's what woke me up. Um, breaking bread with people. Whoop, love it, Angie. My mum's a spender. Oh, good. We're still there. So um, remember, we want to forgive our parents. This is not our DNA. This is just learned behavior, and it's mirroring. So we're gonna we're going to release mum and dad's money energy and we're going to create our own and if you do have ailing parents older parents just know this when my grandmother died she was in a hospital and I did not have the means to take her out of that hospital and every day I left there I cried I'd get in the car and I'd pray and I'd say if there's a God in heaven you will let me be with that woman when it's time for her to leave this world and then I said and I am working today so that my parents will never be in this situation and that I will never be in this situation because money just gives me more options, more options to live, more options to retire and more options to die how I want to. And it's a very important thing when you're caring for um, parents 
and yourself um, that you are truly working towards that. So this is why money work is so important. So what is your money style? What did you prioritize on that, on that survival list? What did you prioritize on the thrive list that doesn't exist on the survive list? So it's like, you're not good enough to have this, but if you dream right it over here, you can have it. How many people did that? How many people did, how many people wrote their thrive list and then said, well, how's that gonna happen? How, how, how? How many people started to think, oh, that could happen this way, that could happen that way and started to control how that money was coming towards you, you little control freaks. I told you not to ask how, I told you just to ask for what. Okay, that is the most important. Okay, what does your daily routine with money feel like? So if you look at that Thrive Budget, can you imagine living with that money, like living with it every single day, living this way? Because that would mean you're going to have to start saving. Now, if your Thrive is way bigger than what your survival is, you're going to have to start asking for more. But the first thing you have to do is put at least $20, $25 into a savings account every week until you can make it 50 and 100 and then 100 and then 200 and then 1000 every single week because without accumulating, you're never going to get to the next step. Now, the biggest thing for me as a spender was to save but I'm not asking you to save all your money. I'm asking you to stop spending, acknowledge and, and become aware of how you spend your money and what you spend it on and make sure that you're sacrificing a percentage of that money into that savings account so that you can start accumulating because once you start accumulating, that's when you know you're in control. Once you've accumulated um, money, you can accumulate so much money because you start to get very good at it and it's not burning a hole in your pocket, which is what my programming used to be. I learned I needed, when I did my Thrive List, I'm somebody that likes to spend money. I put spending money on my Thrive List. Spending money is on my Thrive List. I put down, I want to spend $500 on clothes online a month on my wish list when I first did it. And to me, it was like, if you want that thing, that can't come out of your savings or that can't come out of your you know, emergency fund. So it's got to be channeled into what you want. That's why really sitting down and living that budget and living that day, not how you'll look to other people. Forget it. You don't know how much money people have got. You don't. What does a billionaire look like? I don't know. I've met some. They look like normal people. They just look like normal people. In fact, you usually know they're rich because they're not dressed up. The people who are not rich wear all their money, but that might be what they value. If you want to wear all your money and have a little bit in the bank, that's okay. Ask for that. Ask for your money style. Never mind what anybody else said. Never mind anybody else's programming. Never mind what anybody else is telling you you can and can't have as your limits. 
what do you really want and how does that feel and how do you imagine living with this thrive budget how do you imagine living with it receiving it making that time for yourself if you've made all this time to have holidays but you don't have a job or a business that actually could you could walk away from you're gonna have to change that first that's a big goal you've got down there you're gonna start asking for it in order to start asking for it, you've got to start walking towards each goal every single day in order to walk towards it you've got to be in alignment with it you've got to truly be in alignment with it and know that it's coming to you because you've asked for it and you're walking towards it every single day did you ask for enough did you ask for the right things when you look at your survival budget where is your money going now because it's going to go the same place when you get more of it what do you naturally prioritize what did you miss out from that list when you look at your thrive budget where do you want it to go what direction this is what you value most why don't you prioritize this now you know the only reason you're not getting that thrive list is because you're only focused on asking on what's on that survive list and i know this because what's showing up is exactly what's on that survive list and that's what you're asking for and i just proved it to you take a look at what you wrote down take a look at what you wrote down and what you wrote down to thrive this is not a wish list you want this bring it to you make room for it that's called receiving and it's very hard to receive when you sit on the couch with your hands down your pants and think you're manifesting something because you're not you have to be in alignment alignment forces action you don't need to take action alignment is the first action you need to be in complete alignment every single day every single day the bare necessities versus the pleasures that make life sweet and who are we to be happy who are we to have these sweet pleasures and yet that's what we live for that's what we're here for that's what we want make room for it focus on it bring it to you bring it to you you have the power to do this no more and no less so if you're really locked on that thrive budget and you're locked and say that's what i want go every day empower it read it feel it get into alignment with it it starts coming make room for it what is congruency what is congruency congruency is the next step this is where everybody gets confused about manifestation because to me, I think the people come from the secret and they start doing, I'm going to manifest a private jet and, and I want a private jet too. But I also know that a private jet costs this much money and I'm like, I have other priorities. Okay, remember, it's not about what you can and can't have. It's what you prioritize. So just say, cool, you want a private jet? Well, I prioritize uh, a Barbados trip every year. So it doesn't matter, we all have different values and that's the whole point. But this is not a wish list, this is how you're going to make it happen. So congruency is where people get very, very confused. So we'll talk more about alignment. Obviously, when you think of something like, I want to go to Greece in June for a holiday for 10 days with my husband, that is creation, it's thought. 
then I'm going to have a reaction to that thought. Maybe the reaction is excitement. Ooh, I want to go to Greece. And then I might text my husband and say, let's go to Greece in June. And my husband might text back and say, well, that would be nice. Where are you going to get $10,000 from? And I will go, oh, I can't because. Or somebody will go, I can't believe you want to go to Greece. I can't believe you would go to Greece right now when you've got all these responsibilities and you've got this and they're going to make you feel bad about it. Well, there's a million scenarios there. But if you said, I want $10,000 in this savings account to go to Greece and you focused on that every day, how is it coming? I don't know. I'm just focused on any extra money goes in that direction. You find it, it shows up, it keeps coming faster and faster and it grows. What you focus on grows. And it doesn't matter what you do or say. To me, I want this and I will find a way. Oh, that rhymes. It doesn't matter what you do or say, I want this and I will find a way. Those are your limits, not mine. It doesn't matter what you do or say, I want this and I'll find a way. It doesn't matter what you do or what you say, I want this and I will find a way. The heart wants what the heart wants. So when we're talking about creation of anything, we think and then we respond with feeling and this is where we're looking for clarity, okay, because that emotion will kick us off, put us in a loop and put us straight back into thinking about how we can't have this thing, thinking about yearning for it. Instead of staying connected, the feeling is excitement and then excitement goes to, oh, certainty and conviction. Certainty and conviction is I know what I want. Clarity is I can see what I want. Certainty is I know what I want. Conviction is I feel I feel like I'm on the right path. Conviction is I know I'm doing this and creating this. This is the first three steps to alignment. The fourth one is activating the heart and the heart is commitment. All those beautiful C words, creation, clarity, certainty, conviction, commitment. Commit to the self, commit to a daily ritual, commit to a focus, commit to a focus of growth. No more, I've been a victim. No more, I'm stuck in sabotage. Now, yeah, if you want to focus on how you've always sabotaged yourself, spend more time talking about how you always sabotage yourself. Instead, spend more time talking about how you broke your sabotage by getting into alignment with what you want and bringing that to fruition. Commitment sits over the heart. Commitment is to the self. You can be committed to other people in your life, but you can never be committed to other people's alignment. You can never align somebody else. You can only align yourself. So this commitment is to you. The purpose is you. It's you. If it's not for you, the heart is not activated. It's that simple. All right, so we're back to alignment and we're creation, certainty, conviction. We're getting clarity here about what we really want, commitment to the self, congruency and consistency. Congruency is the next logical step. Now, in manifestation, the next logical step is showing up every day in alignment. The congruency is every time you're in alignment, you see things, you get random conversations, amazing messages, you get introduced to people just out of the blue that you have these 
incredible clarity conversations with that you align with. Um, the right people start looking for you. You feel it. It's so powerful. And the crazy part about that is you don't have to do anything other than look for it in a positive light. Speak out the gratitude that you're experiencing every day and you're already a heart magnet because you're already committed to showing up in this focus every single day. Congruency is the next logical step. It is logical for me that now you will start to create your Thrive Budget. And when you do, when you create this Thrive Budget and you set this into your life, I want you to look back at that survive and thrive before and after and say, I used to live like this because I did not ask for more. And Sue Bryce taught me how to ask for more and step up to receive more because I see myself as more. And then I show up in that consistency and that focus every single day because it's congruent to how I'm activated every single day. Because we live in a universe of infinite possibility and you're going to wake up tomorrow and do what you did today. Because we live in a universe of infinite possibility and you're going to wake up and accept yesterday's emotions as today's. Because we live in a universe of infinite possibility and you have infinite potential to become whatever you want unlimited potential and you're choosing to stick with what you asked for yesterday and you're going to get what you got yesterday so here's the gray area i want a private jet yeah is it likely no is it possible yeah is the congruency there i suppose Hang on, I want to bring you to the dream, but I don't want you to make steps so big that you just fall off the path in avoidance because you didn't bridge the gap to making room for it. So it doesn't matter how big and bold the request is. In fact, if it's a long jump from where you are now, it's really a big picture goal. And the more important path would be to bridge the now to the big picture goal with a path that is going to unfold you to that level. Do you understand? If I tell you you can't manifest it, that's not true. You can manifest whatever you can sustain a focus for at full emotion of joy. That is almost impossible for people in debt. So until you start to take control and clear the emotion, you can't get to the magic. And as you start, you just get a little bit of magic. And this is how I always say people start asking. Um, oh, no, I'm going to finish with prayers of woe, so don't worry about that, how you ask. So it depends on is it congruent to the path you are unfolding and allowing yourself? Then, yeah, you can have whatever you want but I need you to start bridging the gap between survive and thrive. And the first thing you have to do is how much of me is in the survive list and how much of me is in the thrive list. 
And do I only exist in the dream of if I could have more, but I've prioritized everybody else in my life. And I know you might be paying for a mortgage and children and all of those other things, but there are things that can be have solid boundaries now so that you can start asking for yourself. This is the lion's share. You're manifesting for yourself. You're aligned with yourself. The gray area is only what you can sustain in yourself. All right? Very, very important. You can't manifest for others if it does not bring you joy to do it or be it or give it or share it, this thing that you want that you're trying to bring into your world. If you're trying to bring it into your world for them, and the joy is that you get to give it to them and share it with them, then you will bring it to fruition because you're joyful creating it. But if you think you're trying to bring something into your life to make your kid's life better, to make your spouse's life better, you have returned to people-pleasing, and I need you to go back to that Thrive list and write about it. If you are not the most important person on your Thrive list, then you have written the wrong list. You've written a mummy list or a people-pleaser list. So what we're really talking about is our focus and emotion, our sustained focus. We want to focus on our Thrive number. We want to start walking towards the Thrive list. We want to learn a whole, we're going to learn a whole lot about ourselves from the Survive to our Thrive. Um, we're going to look at this solutions. Okay, so when I start asking, what I'm really asking for are solutions. That's how I first start asking. And it's no different than when you pray for something um, or ask the universe for something that you really want. You're really asking for a solution or a resolution to a problem. Uh, and you're asking for the solution. The way we do that is when we're desperate, we cry out or our prayers are of woe. It's like, oh my gosh, I need rent this month. I just need rent. Please, dear Lord, just get me rent. I don't know how this is going to happen. And as usual, God looks down and says, she needs rent. And then you say, and I feel so bad and I shouldn't be asking for money. I should not be asking for money. I'm a bad person. And God says, oh, no, hold it back. She doesn't want it. She feels bad. The gift doesn't change from God. <laughs> You're the one that's going, oh, no, I just need enough. I need enough to get by. I just need to feed my children and feed myself. And, oh, we, do, we need just enough for rent and just enough to feed the children. That's what they've asked for. Give them that, right? And then it's like, oh, I need more, I need more, I need to pay this bill. And oh, she's got a bill and sure enough, that shows up. Oh, I need this to get my car fixed, but I don't have any money. I'm going to have to borrow money off my mum again. She's going to make me feel bad about it. Now I'm borrowing money and I feel bad about it. Okay, so now she's got, she needs to borrow some money off a friend or a family member that's going to make her feel really bad for the next month because that's what she's asking for. Give her that. Goodness, this person is frustrating. If only they asked for what they really wanted, not what they thought they needed this month. You're asking for everything on that list by everything you do, by how you think about it, by how you don't prioritize you on it, by how you don't make room for it, by how you don't align with it and how you don't walk towards it. It is that simple. Once you start focusing on that thrive, it's going to grow. To grow money, you have to focus on it with positive emotion. To make money flow, you have to focus on it with positive emotion. That's why breaking the poverty cycle is hard because in order to change this energy, you have to start feeling good about it. And debt comes with struggle and stress and shame and a huge serving of it's not fair. 
which by the way is envy and envy becomes resentment and resentment is yearning and why you can't have what you want to grow money you have to give it direction towards your goals that fill you with excitement gratitude and joy every single day to make money flow your goal is to maintain this state of excitement gratitude and joy the faster you can maintain that state of excitement gratitude and joy the faster it's going to come to you when you are not in alignment with what you want what you are doing then is you are not in alignment with what you're seeing or saying or doing and unfortunately that's still attracting remember my favorite poet Anais Nin we do not see things as they are we see things as we are if you are not in love with your future then you're in lack and in lack is not enough or just enough or neither of those states are thriving thrive is a daily ritual money begets money love begets love it's just perpetuating the same way stress begets stress it just is a cycle what is the one thing that will stop you what is the one thing that will kick you out of alignment and that's emotion or stress and then we go to avoidance because we need stress relief well when we feel stress we go back to stress relief and that avoidance in itself is perpetuating more of what we don't want so when you seek the pleasure in avoidance it's to alleviate the emotional pain that you're not processing as a people pleaser the last thing you want is to be inconvenient and here we are being inconvenient so inconvenient no terry rude rude because if you're just being ambiguous about what you want and you're crying out in woe then you are denying the gifts that are in front of you that you can ask for what do you do about spouses and their own guilt and shame around money you acknowledge that they are a mirror of you valentina and if you're saying it then you're being it <laughs> so you can't get someone else into alignment um nobody can shame me for having money because it's not ego money that i have it's uh, wealth it's abundance i'm abundant um I've been poor. I've been shamed for it. You can't shame me for having a beautiful full life that I really want. That's why I'm fulfilling all of my own boundaries. Stress is just no boundaries. Stress means you've returned to people pleasing. Stress means a boundary has been broken. Anger means a boundary has been stepped on. And you need to speak up for yourself. Does your avoidance involve spending money? You see, my avoidance for a long time was binge eating, and binge eating costs a lot of money. Um, so I could binge eat a lot of money in one sitting, and I never had anything. And when you asked me where I was spending my money on, I didn't have clothes, I didn't have anything. I was spending my money on my avoidance behaviors, right? So if your avoidance behavior is spending money, it's like an alcoholic having a bottle of vodka in front of them and saying listen you can just have one sip 
It's why diets don't work because you have to eat three times a day or however many times you want. And a diet is like, you can't, you can only do this. And then you start to do it. You don't want this. You don't want this feeling. You want the stress relief from what you were getting from it. That's why every behavior has a need because you've just got to acknowledge what your need is. Acknowledge the need. So if your avoidance is spending money um, or maybe your avoidance is not breaking through selling, like you know you've got to get to the next level in your business, but you have to sell yourself and that's a big breakthrough to get through. Or is it that you're not asking for money? So straight out, Jen, when I said, no, you're out of alignment in your self-value because you're not asking for more for yourself, that doesn't mean you don't have, that you have low self-value. That tells me you've never been taught how to ask. How you ask now for this Thrive Budget will tell me everything I need to know about how you feel about yourself because of what you're going to allow the flow from now on that you're asking now that you know how to ask. Once you know how to ask, you start asking. Once you know that you're getting 100% what you ask for, no more and no less, you start asking for more. So does your avoidance involve money shame? You've got to look at it every day and you need help, someone to help you de-shame that money space because until you face that guilt and shame and take control of the money you currently have, you can't take the next step. Does your avoidance come from no boundaries around money? Is someone else taking your money or are you giving it away to get love? I gave everything, like all people pleasers, I gave everything to get love. I was an overgiven. Welcome to the wheel of misfortune. I developed this in 2017. This is the wheel of misfortune and it's how you leak money. And by the way, leaky and stinky are the two words that I use for people who have no money focus. They are leaky and they are stinky. And because it's such palpable energy, like stinky energy, it's like, oh, you're repelling money. I know you're repelling money. Um, everything on this wheel comes from a place of positivity. Come just like just like avoidance. It really comes down to um, everything on this leaky list really comes down to you're starting off with a certain energy. For instance, you think it's humility by not asking um, for things. You think it's humility, but it's false humility because really it's guilt and shame. So it's the opposing energy of humility is the guilt and shame. And you're trying to be humble because you have guilt and shame. So you think that not asking comes from humility, and that's not true. Um, then we have uh, abundance and scarcity. And between this idea that you think you're abundant comes tight-fistedness. And tight-fistedness is holding on to money and not being able to let go and you can't grow and you can't take risks and there's still scarcity there because even though you've squirreled this tight-fisted amount away and it's safe, it's not growing, it's not becoming anything, you're not free with money and you're not experiencing it. 
the way you want, you're just tight-fisted. That's the same as no direction. And no direction from abundance is just a scarcity mentality. You live in a world of infinite possibility and you have unlimited potential and there's not enough in this world for you to ask for what you want. It just doesn't make sense. So, you know, you can see that the guilt and shame coming from humility and the scarcity that you think is coming from abundance is really blocking really blocking money flow. Um, when we want stress relief, we go to pleasure. We seek pleasure to alleviate our pain. We do that with overspending and also avoidance. Now, overspending is an avoidance behavior, but weirdly, the avoidance of your debt is also avoidance. And you want pleasure, but you have to spend money to get pleasure so often. So, that's why it's difficult. Then we get a little bit stuck there. And unfortunately, it comes through a feeling of stress relief, but it's really out of control. When you have no control, these avoidance behaviors just become real big problems and addictions and personas, and they're not who we are. Uh, coming from love, overgiving and no boundaries is coming from a place of love. Overgiving is giving to everyone I love. When it's overgiving and overhelping, you're giving everybody what you want and not asking for that in return or receiving that in return. And the no boundaries, obviously, is the fact that you're not saying no to anybody and then you're giving to them. So when you look at this wheel of misfortune, which color are you? Which color draw you in the most? I had to acknowledge my guilt and shame. I was not receiving money and not asking. Um, when people talk about the daily ritual, they talk about asking for money, they talk about creating abundance without asking how. I'm going to step-by-step step get you through all of that. I know people have asked me like four times. I'm not going to forget There's the whole point of this coaching. So I just want you to see how you leak money. And what boundaries you need to put up is the boundary you need to put up around people that you're overgiving to. Is the boundary you need to put up, I can't give you money anymore. It's that simple. So spend some time with the wheel and just look at where you're leaking money. And then you can talk to me about setting a boundary in every one of those areas so that you can create what you want in every one of those areas and stop what you're doing in your wheel of misfortune. I'm an overachiever. I know not everybody can have all the colors like me. And I know not everybody can have like, you know, at least seven of the eight colors. <laughs> but the truth is, is I did. I had everything but tight-fistedness. Um, and I had zero boundaries around money. So the fact that everybody hits that not asking, not receiving, no direction, or not asking, no direction at the top, guilt, shame, and there's not enough for me. Guilt, shame, and there's not enough for me. Okay, for you pleasure seekers, can we just acknowledge some of us are more pleasure seekers than others. Uh, for instance, I wouldn't waste my time scrolling uh, 
Facebook for two hours to avoid anything when I could eat for two hours because it's so much more fun. Or maybe I would eat while I'm on Facebook. But you know what I mean? I'm just like, I know exactly what I would do as my avoidance. But for you pleasure seekers, a lot of the time, your pleasure seeking costs money. And a lot of your pleasure seeking carries also shame because you're hiding the behavior, whether it's spending money you don't have or spending on things that other people will judge you for. So it's completely okay to allow your pleasure seeking, um, bring it to the light and just understand it's just stress relief and there's lots of ways to get good stress relief yes Bridget you're just like me an overachiever you're everything but tight-fisted which is terrible because at least if you're tight-fisted I'll know that you have a emergency fund nest egg and you don't because I didn't either (laughs) oh you can break this I used to be everything on there if you pushed me and said okay so be honest what do you still struggle with now that you have money now that you have savings Now that you have value, what do you still struggle with on that list? I still hit the glass ceiling of not asking for more. I have a lot. Who am I to ask for more? Who am I to ask for more? Bitch, grab a pen. (laughs) I'll tell you who I am to ask for more. I want a whole lot more. I want to help a whole lot more people and build a whole lot more stuff and free a whole lot more people. And I'm going to need a whole lot more to do that universe. Thank you very much. Uh, Not receiving it was not being grateful for it. Not acknowledging gratitude was truly that something I want has shown up for me. And I couldn't be grateful because it wasn't really what I wanted. I was always prioritizing other people's wants. So how could I possibly feel gratitude for having all these things when I wasn't creating it or wanting it? It's just a byproduct. Sure, I can be grateful for that over there, but I want this over here and I need to focus my energy here because that's where the power is. That's where the power is. I'm sorry is a really good boundary. But you don't have to apologize to anybody. No is the boundary, not I'm sorry. No. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're upset that I'm saying no. I'm sorry that I might have inconvenienced you because I've been here for you in the past. You don't have to explain or apologize to anyone for setting a boundary. Not a physical, personal boundary, not a self-care boundary. You do not need to explain or apologize to a single human being for setting a healthy boundary for yourself. When somebody wants money from you and you're overgiving with no boundaries, I want you to say, no, I can't. This is my last word. No! I have prioritized and allocated my funds already this month. I'm sorry, I can't give you money. I have prioritized or allocated my funds already this year. Saying no is keeping it for me. Saying no is speaking up for myself. Saying no is setting a boundary. Saying no makes me richer. Saying no gives me more options. Saying no gives me self-respect. When I have 
everything I want, I can share it with all those I love, not the people who take from me and step on my boundaries, the people who respect my boundaries and share this with me. That is prioritizing me. That is the lion's share. And that's my favorite one.